are listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, we are now on SoundCloud. Go on SoundCloud.com slash Out of the Box Podcast and click on the follow button. We love all of our listeners on Stitcher and iTunes, but we're kind of sad on SoundCloud. So if you have a SoundCloud account, go on SoundCloud and look for us and click on the follow button. And as always, we love positive comments on iTunes. Um, and we love donations as well on our website, outoftheboxpodcast.com. You can click on the donate button. And we are now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoins. I am here with the CEO of this really cool new app, Zingy, Toby Scavron. Toby, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really well. How are you? Good. Um, so tell us about this new app that you, did you create it or you're just on the team or what's, what's how yeah, did so, you become created? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, so uh, we, we operate here as a team. One team, one goal is how we are. I am the CEO. I am the founder. I am the guy that uh, had the vision for this product. But I, we, we, we're, we're, we're a full team here. So, you know, I don't want to take any credit, um, you know, if anything uh, is, uh, if anything, you know, it should be the whole team on this call uh, taking the credit. So <laughs> um, basically the, the backstory is 15 years uh, experience in the pet space. Um, some of my colleagues and team members have had 20, 25 years experience. Um, and so living here in Silicon Beach, um, having moved from Australia to, to Los Angeles in uh, 2009, very influenced with technology, very influenced with, you know, the whole social commerce, the whole one-click purchasing, uh, very, very excited about marketplaces. However, I'm a pet care professional. I'm not a tech person. I was going to say that. So you're not a tech guy because usually a lot of these companies come from, you know, Silicon Valley. People have these ideas and they go, oh, what about pets or what about this? But yeah. you are actually coming from the the pet side first. Correct. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a pet company. We're a pet care provider. Uh, we've been in the space since the early 90s. Oh, wow. uh, some of our products are uh, I, I'd say most of most people have at least one of our products, uh, if not more, um, that we've created over the years. And Zingy, the brand, although it's a new brand and a new entity and a new um, experience, um, you know, we're we're very familiar with pets. Um, and exactly as you said, we're we're not a tech company adopting a pet industry or an industry. We're actually a pet company embracing technology. That's awesome. So um, for those listeners who don't know, what, what is Zingy? So Zingy is a mobile application that allows pet owners or pet parents, as we like to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It really it is, is true. It is true. I am yeah. a pet parent of two uh, little dogs, and I definitely treat them like my kids. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so you should. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 so there's a mobile application you can download from iOS Store or the Android Google, Google Play Store. Um, and basically, in, in less than 20 seconds, you can book a background checked, trained and educated, qualified, insured and bonded dog walker that has to pass multiple um, hurdles um, and, 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 and gates to be able to become a Zingy dog walker. So anyone on our platform, and we have 735 of dog walkers between LA, Orange County and San Diego today. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all of them have gone through a ton of scrutiny, a ton of education. Um, we insure and bond the service, and they represent um, the highest quality of pet care providers, uh, literally. It, it, I would say on the planet, but at least now here in Southern California. <laughs> um, now, is the app only active in SoCal right now? So you can download it from anywhere. Um, and when you download, if we are available, it'll take you straight through to building a profile and, and having some fun in the app and, and booking a, a walk. Um, the If you are in like New York City or Chicago, we are coming. We're getting there. However, it'll put you into uh, on the waiting list. And we recognize your zip code um, and we recognize who you are. And so when we open up those markets, we'll be able to give you a bit of a preview ahead of time. Now, what if I'm a dog walker and I'm like looking to become a zingy pet dog walker? You know, how do I get all of this done to it sounds kind of intense. (laughs) It is intense. And you know why? It's intense because it's a privilege and a massive responsibility. But it's really a privilege to be handling people's pets. So you're not you're you're making sure because, you know, there have been times in the past as a pet parent, where I don't know if, you know, some stranger is going to come into my house, I, I call a pet service and steal something from me or abuse my dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah, so 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 the peace of mind that we deliver is beyond all the training education and all the rest of it, the, the person that, while the dog is in our care and with one of our zingy dog walkers, whether it's the pet or the property, the liability sits 100% with zingy. So it's in this specific case, you've got someone, you've got a, a reasonably large company that sits behind all these uh, trained and trusted people to deliver a service. And should anything go wrong, you know, we have up to $4 million worth of liability insurance. Um, and thankfully today, since launch, and we launched in February of 2015 this year, every single one of our dog walkers has been rated five stars. I was going to say, is there a rating system for Absolutely. people to, you yeah. know, give feedback if they've had a bad dog walker? Or yeah, well, thankfully, none of that has happened. But um, as far as bad dog walkers are concerned, um, we've we've got really the best of the best on our on our service, um, and there the power is really in the in the consumer or the pet parent's hands um, because everything is fully transparent. And just to give you an example, my dogs are actually out on a walk right now. And I just got a push notification from the dog walker that said, Cooper, my little dog, went for a pee so powerful <laughs> that it extinguished an out-of-control fire at the old mill. <laughs> and that was timestamped 11 minutes ago. And uh, so I know, that, uh, I know that Cooper did a pee um, and everything is good. <laughs> um, now, is it just to set up a service with a dog walker? Can you get pet sitting? Can you get pictures of your pet when you're yeah. away? Yeah. So let me, let me probably like peel it back one layer. You know, uh, basically what happens is you book a dog walker through our app. Uh, the minute the dog walker arrives at your house. And by the way, we're not only doing pro- uh, pickups at home, we're also picking up dogs from offices and we have a dash stand service, which is our valet service. And we'll go into that in a minute, but we just launched at Westfield shopping town which is very exciting. But what happens is when the dog walker shows up, you get a push notification and it says uh, your zingy dog walker is here uh, to collect and then your dog's name, Subi or Cooper or Alex or whoever, Buffy. Um, and then th- then about one to two minutes later, then the dog walker will press start. And you'll get another push notification to say your dog walk has just started. 
Um, Toby will let you know how it went. And at that stage, you can actually swipe into the app, and there's a live map of where the dog is. (laughs) So this is great for the OCD pet parent. (laughs) No, it's – well, what it does is it creates transparency and trust. So I don't – you know – OCD, we welcome those people. We welcome people <laughs> into, our, into our community. But um, really what it is, it's there to validate. So, you know, one of the biggest pain points today, and Rosie, I think you articulated it, is like, who's this person coming into my home? Um, who is this person walking my dog? Well, one of the bigger pain points is I know my dog walker are, has come because the $20 that I left on the kitchen table is gone. But did my dog really get walked? Yeah, did um, they get fed correctly? Did they get, you know, what happened? <laughs> Exactly. Like my dog doesn't speak English and I certainly don't speak (laughs) that language, whatever language that is, barking language. But the point of the conversation is that with the zingy, you're actually creating that transparency. And if I really am sus about my dog walker, which you shouldn't be because zingy is proven, tried, tested, and is absolutely getting raving reviews right now. And I'm super proud of that. But if you didn't want to believe everything that you read and you want to show up on the corner of 4th and Santa Monica, you can literally watch your dog walk past you on the map. Um, <laughs> so we create that transparency. At the end of the walk, um, you'll get a photo of the dog. I got to tell you, 99.99% of the times, the dog's got their tongue hanging out their mouth. They're puffing away uh, or panting away, should I say. And uh, you get a, a, a finished map with a route that was produced. So it shows you where and how far your dog walked. Along, with, along the way, you're getting notifications. So, you know, Cooper did a peep, pee or a poop. Uh, along the way and it's quirky so i did just get another one um from my dog walker that said cooper just pooped like a champion and it was shaped like a mini eiffel tower (laughs) and that was uh 1.3 minutes ago um so i'm getting all of this notification Uh, i can swipe in and see where my dog is at real time um i can see what he's up to with these notifications and so at the closing i get a photo Nine times out of ten with the dog's mouth, tongue hanging out its mouth. I get a map of where they walked and I get a care note, you know, which was, hey, I really enjoyed walking with Cooper today. Um, you know, uh, a little hot out there today. So make sure you get him a little bit of extra water tonight or later this afternoon when you're home. Okay, well, I am downloading this app as soon as we get off the, com- the call. And I am usually here to walk my pets, but I think I might purposely um, try the app just to see how it works. Now I'm like excited. Please do. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like we are here to facilitate um, the pet and we're here to facilitate when the pet owner or the pet parent is stuck. So we have probably 75% of our customers book on a daily basis um, on the regular. And then the other balance of the people are booking ad hoc. So, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to go out straight from work tonight. And I don't have time. I just don't have time or I have a meeting that pops up. Exactly. Circumstantially, something's come up and I can't get there. But my dog is relying on my, on, you know, pets are very habitual. They love habit. They love routine and they thrive in, in, in habit and routine. And so, you know, uh, if you can't make it, one of, one of our 736 dog walkers will be there for you. Now, what about getting into someone's place? You know, what if I'm running around at work and, and do you guys have some type of key system or some type of um, system where the person can get in. Yeah. So on booking, uh, you go through five screens. Um, one is I want a place to work, walk. The second is like, how, how long do we want us to walk for? Uh, third screen is where do you want us to pick the dog up for? And the fourth screen is, um, 
how are we accessing your pet? That fourth screen is actually securely encrypted. And when you push the job out to the network, no one sees that information until the dog walker hits, I'm here at your house or at your office or at the cafe or at the gym. That's when the access information pops up, similarly to a Snapchat-esque, although we don't claim to be like Snapchat, just (laughs) for the record. Um, But what I'm articulating is there's a secure encryption there. And you can tell us anywhere from someone will be home to I've hidden the key uh, behind the barbecue down the side you know, in the garden, whatever. This is a really big deal because there have been a lot of security breaches lately. You know, Eve, the one this week with the government being hacked, you know, by possibly China. And so security is a big thing that I think people are concerned about with apps and, and other internet um, based information. Sure. And we take everything that we do to the extreme. So when you, when you uh, engage with Zingy, you know, and, and you, get a dog walker that dog walker is the best when you're when you're using when you're uh, placing a booking in the app the experience is the best when it comes to your privacy and security we take no second chances everything is top 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 shelf um, we we view ourselves as a, an enabler and someone that's there to support and be there when you can't uh, we also view ourselves as uh, a, a, a position of trust um, which we at all at all times take very very seriously, um, and and the last thing we view ourselves as it's a privilege to to be able to play and have some awesome fun with your dog. So it's something we definitely don't want to uh, jeopardize at all. And it sounds like you, the founder and CEO, are also a huge pet lover. So obviously you have that in mind. You know Absolutely. that's a great thing because, like I said, a lot of these companies or startups in Silicon Valley tech companies, and these people are completely disconnected from the actual vision of the company. So, you know, maybe you have someone that doesn't even have a dog starting a dog company. Yeah, so, no, I mean, I I started my first pet company, which I I sold uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I started my first pet company literally in my spare bedroom, in my two-bedroom apartment in in Australia in 2003. And I started that company purely out of need. I had I had two dogs and actually had one and then got a second dog to prove that my products worked on puppies. Um, <laughs> okay. And that was just an excuse for my girlfriend, who's, who's now my wife and mother of my two children. Um, and uh, so, so I pulled a little move on her there saying, oh, maybe it doesn't work on puppies. We should really get another puppy. Anyway, <laughs> two dogs and really just figured that, you know, uh, the, the current offerings in the market just didn't really suit what I was looking for. Um, the quality, um, the, uh, the, d- the delivery and the, like the efficiencies of stuff. And so I, I started my first pet company in Australia in 2003, um, sold that, took it global, sold it. And now this is my second one. And, you know, I look at it very much like uh, Steve Jobs used to look at uh, solving things. And, and while um, I'm a huge fan of, of, of who he is, I think entrepreneurially uh, speaking, it's something that comes very natural in as much as, I don't, I don't look at trying to create something and then apply a market to it. I look at what my first world problems may be <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and look to say, you know what, Toby, you're not, you're not, a, you're not uh, isolated and you're not so special. In fact, majority of people feel this way and the majority of people are in this situation. And so then I create solutions around the need rather than the uh, need around the solution. So um, you know, it's very much inside out. 
Uh, we're a pet company. We pride ourselves on being a pet company. I'm, a, I'm reasonably young. I'm 34 years of age. I'm an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. And, um, and so when, when it comes to uh, in taking the, our industry and taking our pets, um, and I talk about ours as in all of ours, um, whoever's listening, yours, mine, whoever, um, I take that very seriously and, and really just want to make the world a better place. Um, for for people, pets, and the planet, right? So um, we we operate inside out versus outside in. And uh, being a young entrepreneur, I, I'm I'm a, I'm learning a lot about technology. But our business doesn't live and die with the technology. Our business is 95% in the physical. You make a booking, we close the job out. You can track and trace us. But we have physical people, pet care professionals, showing up to your house, showing up to your um, apartment, showing up to your office, wherever you want us to show up to, to deliver a first class service. Sounds like your business is a people business and it's just zingy. The application is just a uh, means to get that connection. You're just Correct. using the internet as a tool to connect people together. And, you know, talk about true entrepreneurship. That's how, you know, the biggest and most successful companies are formed is filling that need. You know, Netflix was created by just a guy getting sick of paying his late fees at Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, look, it's, you know, um, you you make some uh, incredible points and it's it's true. It really is true. Uh, You know, uh, the way we look at the mobile application is a way for us to impact as many lives as possible. But in reality, um, we physically show up to carry out our service. And that's also a very positive thing because you're saying, how can how can I serve more people? How yep. can I help more people? I have this need, you know, as a pet owner to have my dog walked and, and to feel safe and secure and make sure that the dog walker did his job. I bet, you know, a hundred other people would have this need and this desire. And especially in a, in a city like L.A. and in Southern California where there's so many pets, people have this need. And so you are just putting yourself as a service to serve and help others because, you know, I know I've been in a jam before where I didn't have anyone to walk my dog and it can be stressful. You know, you don't want your poor dog suffering in the house yeah, because absolutely. you have a scheduling conflict. Exactly. And, you know, that's the beauty about the way in which we've created the platform. The scheduling conflict is a very interesting uh, topic and maybe we should just highlight it for a minute. You know, um, today, if you have a traditional dog walker, generally it's a mom pie and we love them and a lot of them have joined Zingy. Um, so they're not really a competitor for us. They we become we, part of the, the exactly. The they community. become part of the movement, actually. And so, um, but this is what's interesting. If I've got a dog walker that I'm physically calling, or I'm physically texting, or I'm emailing, hey, can you walk my dog today? And they are unable, or they've double booked themselves. Um, what happens to your dog then? Your dog either misses out on the walk. Or you're very inconvenienced because you have to shuffle your day around to just get that dog out. Or sometimes and cancel your events. If, most people do. And and while that's that's really fun and loving and caring, you know, it's antagonizing at the same time, right? So with Zingy, the 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 way in which we play our game is you can we'll serve you a trained, trusted, educated, background checked uh, pet care professional. If you like that person, you want to see them again. You can add that person to your favorites. Now, if that person is not available when you want your dog walked tomorrow at 7 a.m., um, the, the job will get served to that individual. If they don't pick it up within 10 minutes, it gets served to the next pet care professional in your neighborhood. 
And hey, you might like them as well, and you can add them to your favorites. So there's no limit to how many favorites you have. Um, and then at the end of the day, it doesn't so matter. So you have what- a network. You know, it's not like you just have your one dog worker that you know and trust. You actually have a network of maybe hundreds, you said, but you can favorite your top five or ten. You can favorite as many as you want. And you know where this idea came from? This idea came from my wife. Uh, God bless her. She um, she and I wanted to go out on a Saturday night. So she texted our uh, babysitter for my two daughters. And unfortunately, that babysitter was unavailable. So we actually sacrificed going out because we couldn't find anyone to look after my daughters. My wife, the next day, interviewed 15 different uh, babysitters. And now when we go out on, on, a, on an evening, whether it's Monday or a Saturday, um, she'll text all 15 of them. And the first one that responds gets the job. Now, she's, tra- she's, uh, she's checked them all out. She's background checked them all herself. She's interviewed them. They're a nice fit for our family, et cetera, et cetera. But she took the time to basically vet through 15 different people so that at the off chance that she and I want to go out last minute, um, she can basically secure a babysitter for us to, so that our daughters can, you know, stay home and, or go to sleep. So, you know, at Zingy, we've taken the same philosophy, but instead of you doing all of that background checking, instead of you training and educating and telling us, you know, how to handle your, your type of dog, et cetera, we do all of that so that when our people show up, it, you get nothing but a first-class service. And if person A is unavailable and B, C, and D are asleep, you know, E is also going to be there to deliver the same service, same quality, same attention to detail, love and care every single time. And it sounds like, like you said, you're not putting small mom and pop dog walkers out of, you know, business because they can join the Zingy uh, and it can be a way, Zingy app and be vetted and it can be a way for them to expand their business as well. Yeah, actually a lot of people today, so there's, I mean, the pet pet industry is very fragmented. um, and, And so some of these people get into this business And my wife is one of them. Uh, She got into the pet industry because she loves pets. You know, she worked at pet stores. She used to be an animal-assisted therapist. She's an animal-assisted therapist now. She used to be a vet nurse. You know, she loves the pet. But if you ask her to run a business and you ask any of these mom, pa uh, uh, entities to run the business, they'll tell you that that's the the one thing they hate about, you know, what they do. Because all they care about is pets. They love animals, not running businesses, right? (laughs) Exactly. So as a result... You know, we have this constant drip of amazing dogs on our platform that want walks at all sporadic times of the day. And these people that have passed their credentials to come onto the Zingy platform are picking up jobs when they want. They're going to the beach when they're not wanting to work. You know, they may be uh, an actor or an actress that's got a couple of days between gigs um, that have passed uh, all the credentials and we want to pick up a couple of extra days worth of uh, working uh, and just, I mean, who doesn't want to walk outdoor, work outdoors, exercise and hang out with pets? I know, I mean, right? It's like the perfect job. It really is. I'm thinking of becoming a zingy pet walker now. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have you. Subject to, <laughs> subject to passing all of the credentials. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's talk about entrepreneurship as well, because it sounds like you said you're a serial entrepreneur. Yes. Right. Um, how how hard is it to, uh, first of all, it, how different is it in Australia than the U.S. being an entrepreneur? Is there you a know, big difference for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I came to the United States uh, when I was 29 years of age. I'm 34 now. So I'm really in the thick of uh, my career here. 
in Australia, I don't think anything changed, um, but it's a lot smaller. So really, the way I tried to describe the size of the Australian market versus the US is right here, right now, um, you have in the United States more people on the 405 freeway okay. <laughs> than we have in our entire country. Okay. And just so we're clear, our country is actually landmass size bigger than the United States. Okay. So you can understand opportunity um, while it's, th it's there, um, the, uh, the scalability is not. Um, we have 20 million people in my industry. We have 7 million cats and dogs combined. I think it's 4 million cats, 3 million dogs. Um, that was the last statistic that I had, and I've been out of that industry for a while. But there's here, like 100 million pets. How many? How many? I think there's 100 million pets in the U.S. I think. There's, a, there's 100, 110 million cats and 85 million dogs. There's in the U.S., correct? 200, 200 million. 200 million. I was wrong. Wow, 200 million pets. That is yeah. a lot of pets. Yeah, versus seven. <laughs> so opportunistically, um, you know, I look at it uh, like this is the NBA. This is like <laughs> this is the big leagues, right? Yeah, this is the big league, right? And so um, I think in Australia, you know, definitely there's a lot of entrepreneurs. The uh, the lifestyle there is uh, leans a little bit differently. Um, you know, I, I don't think the go get them uh, is as, uh, full tilt as it is here. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, it, 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 what's good for one, it may not be good for another. So you kind of take, take it half and half. And I think the pet industry is actually growing because unfortunately with the, um, cost of raising children, a lot of people are either having one or just two children and then a pet or, um, a lot of people are delaying and having more pets. And, you know, I love kids and, um, I don't have any just yet, but I I know that there's a trend, at least in Western countries, to either have one or two children and have pets as yeah. a kind of a, a buffer buffer child, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, so my wife and I, we have a three and a half year old and we have a six month old and we're, you know, 34, 35 years of age, um, but we've had our dogs for 11 years. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, I think that uh, relationship-wise, most people start off having a pet. <laughs> they do. Then, they do. They have they a extend, pet first. Yeah, and then they extend themselves into a bigger commitment, which is which are kids. Um, and uh, you know, unfortunately, while I, I do consider myself relatively special, I'm not. I'm, I'm really <laughs> the statistic. The statistic. Um, you know, 34 years of age, only just having two kids and having had dogs for 11 years. But even then, like I had, I had dogs my whole life. My, my family home was dubbed the city zoo. <laughs> um, we had all types of pets at our house and my sister's a vet. And, um, you know, my mom was huge, is huge into animals as well. So now, so what are some of the, um, personal, um, hurdles that you have to go through as an entrepreneur, you know, you're working for yourself and you don't have a boss, which is one of the pros, you know, you're your own boss, but also there's a lot, you know, entrepreneurship is a little bit different than just, you know, working in nine to five. This is your business. This is your company. So what are some of the hurdles that you have to go through on a regular basis? Yeah. So they, you know, there's a joke that the entrepreneur is very easy to identify. He's the guy that's got the arrows in his back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, uh, the entrepreneur is the person that, uh, may be looking at the same thing as you, but actually see something very different. Um, and so, um, some of that is very challenging. 
um, because often entrepreneurs, and I can speak for myself in this, is that um, the vision sometimes is well ahead of what the market is ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have you look- a vision, you need to have a strong vision, obviously. Otherwise, you're going to be floating around just doing whatever, right? You need a vision for yourself and your company and your idea, right? Correct. Uh, I think you need a vision and a mission. So it's one thing to have it, but you know, it's 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 another thing to execute it. So, um, and then you know, you need to bring people into that vision, and you need to get people subscribing to that vision. You know, there's there's 19 of us here at the corporate office. Mm-hmm. There's 735 people in our in our uh, workforce. Yeah. yeah, in our workforce that you know, we all we all uh, sing to the one team one goal mantra. Um, anyone that's wearing a Zingy T is not representing themselves. They're actually representing uh, today. They're representing 729 others at the same time. So let me let me clarify what I just said. Actually, I said that you need to have a vision, but that's actually not correct. You need to have a vision greater than yourself because this is not just about Toby. Am I right? This is about you know your vision for you know your community and ho- hopefully a global community once you guys start expanding. So. It's something that's bigger than you. It's actually greater than you. Yeah, and, and I, I, I honestly tell you that I, I wake up every morning um, and the whole notion of what I'm going about is, has actually got little to nothing to do with me. Um, this is about serving our community um, and serving the people that come into that community. So, um, you know, entrepreneurially, I, I find it very – I mean, some entrepreneurs have a really large ego that they uh, – <laughs> And it's, it's all about self-serving. Um, I can tell you honestly from the deepest part of my heart, this is more about uh, being of, of, servants, of service to our community. Um, and what motivates me to get out of bed in the morning is to be able to touch and impact as many people as possible. And I think that those type of businesses have a lot of heart and a lot of passion to them. And sometimes they can be the most successful businesses because if you're – if your vision for yourself is just to make a lot of money, which, you know, that does come, that's a secondary benefit of being, you know, having a successful company, you know, that's going to be very one dimensional. But if your vision is to help and serve others, that is, that grows, you know, if you're empowering dog walkers or other people to have an extra, an extra income, for example, you know, you're helping those people grow and, and, and learn in their vision and their dreams by, by being a part of your dream. So, yeah, so my, I feel like sometimes my dream is their dream, <laughs> right? And so, and no, dream. I mean, yeah, no, I, uh, so like I, what I'm trying to articulate is if I can, you know, there's that famous saying, if I can teach you to, if I, if I give you a fish, you'll be satisfied for a meal. If I can give you, if I can teach you how to fish, you'll be satisfied for a lifetime. And so the way in which we look at it here at Zingy is, you know, uh, the money is a byproduct of the service that we give to our community. If we're focused about making money and we make that the mission and vision, the business is going to crash quite quickly. Yeah, that's awesome. But but if we if we make if we make like uh, you know pre, pre to the pet space, I was studying to be a healthcare professional, uh, which has nothing to do with entrepreneurialism, and I don't even know why I did it. But you know, I think sometimes I went to school with some very smart people. And, and for a long time after school, I felt like I had to keep up with those people and not be true to myself. And I studied podiatry. I mean, go figure who wants to be a foot doctor, but, <laughs> um, you know, I, it came real to myself. And, uh, the point of the conversation is that 
when people in, in, in this, in this practice that I was going through in the college, you know, it was all about, uh, healthcare professionalism and, and what they drilled into us was take care of the customer, take care of the patient. The patient will then pay you and you'll be able to live the life that you want to live. But if you don't take care of your patient, you're going to have no business. And so if, if anything, I took that away from my <laughs> four years in college. Um, and, and really it's true, uh, focus on solving the problem. Focus on being as, as attentive as possible to your customer, to your community, and and the success that the people will p- prop you up. But if you th- make it all about you, if you make it all about the money, if you you know, uh, I I think that you're just gonna you're gonna come down pretty quickly. Yeah. So I think that is huge. So you need to have a vision greater than yourself. You need to you know enroll other people in your vision and also make it a win-win. Like you said, you're helping others. They're helping you as well. You know, what are some of the other, other traits of an entrepreneur or hurdles that you have to go over, you know, working for yourself and being independently minded in this way? Yeah. So, you know, um, one of the things that drives me a little bit crazy is that there's no off switch. Okay, so I've heard uh, that too. So, you know, entrepreneurs are the ones working 80-hour weeks. Yeah, I wish it was 80 hours. It's like 100, right? You constantly are thinking of how to improve the company. I mean, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, I'm literally on the treadmill at 5.15. I'm off at 6.45. And my day has my day started like it's it's nonstop. And, um, you know, I just wish sometimes there was an off switch. And, <laughs> and that's where and that's where I come to the conclusion that entrepreneurs, while they can be influenced by their environment and can be, quote unquote, made, um, I really think entrepreneurialism is born. Um, it's it's something that you either have deep, deep, deep in you. Um, and for me, I sometimes find it hard to control um, because it's a drive did, inside of you, right? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like it's almost there's a fine line with being uh, blessed <laughs> with ambition <laughs> and cursed with ambition. <laughs> and and I think I dance across that line maybe ten times an hour. Um, and you know, there's 24 hours in the day, even though I work 25 hours a day. So. It's, um, I just wish there was an off switch. And if you're a true entrepreneur, you'll, it'll resonate with you. If you're an entrepreneur in the making, get, get ready. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, I think that that is a, it's, I often say to my team, right? Like I often have these out of body experiences and without trying to sound a little crazy right now and still earn the respect of your audience. <laughs> sometimes I genuinely can tell you that I come up with these ideas and I end up slapping myself in the face, not physically, metaphorically going, how the hell did you think of that? That's incredible. Um, and, and really those are just words and ideas that are just blurting out of my mouth and I just don't have control over them. Um, so I think that that's a huge trait of an entrepreneur. I don't think I'm out of out of uh, literally out of my mind there. I think I'm very much aligned with other entrepreneurs. So not, you know, not to be um, bring religion into this, but do you feel like there's some type of higher purpose or something pushing you? You know, um, I was born and raised Jewish mm-hmm. um, and we practiced Judaism in my house with my two daughters. Um, unfortunately, when I was uh, 14, 15 and 16, at 14, my dad got sick. Uh, really sick and uh, and slowly over a two-year period he passed away and um while while i am a practicing uh jew i uh definitely look up to the sky more often than not and try and speak to my father 
Um, and I feel like, I, I, in fact, I categorically know that um, I'll go and tell my, I call my mom in Australia. Hey, mom, what's happening? You know, small talk. Okay, what's news, Toby? Well, the craziest thing happened today. And she just starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, Toby, I heard this 17, 18 years ago from your dad. Like he was saying the same things. And so um, I've, I, believe that my, I believe that my dad is really deep infused inside of me as far as uh, ambition and, and entrepreneurialism is concerned. Um, but the pet side I get from my mom for sure. Um, but in terms of being spiritual, um, I find myself more often speaking to my dad than I do to God, <laughs> uh, because I feel like he's he's the guy that has been there and done it, and I'm literally walking the same path. But you feel uh, like something something is driving you, like a drive or a purpose absolutely. or passion, something. Yeah, I call him my big fella, my dad. He's up, <laughs> okay. He's up there driving uh, driving these sticks, uh, pedals, and you know putting putting his foot on the accelerator, which is making me go faster. Um, that's the, re- I- the reason I ask this because I, I regularly hear a lot of really passionate guests saying that there's something, you know, I don't know what religion you are, or I mean, you said Judaism, but I don't, whatever, whoever you are, I'm talking sure. to the collective you out there, whatever yep. religion you are out there listening. But, you know, a lot of people that really have these passions and drives said that they feel that something outside of themselves is like drawing them, is pulling them almost like they're a puppet. You know, and so I don't know if that is is you know a higher calling or a higher power, or if it's just that passion inside you. Yeah, no, that's exactly you articulated it perfectly there. That's that out of body experience that I tried to articulate before, um, when stuff just comes out and stuff is just like, oh my god, how did you even think of that, or how did that even come to mind? Um, there's something there, and that's why I truly believe entrepreneurs are born, you know, not necessarily made. I definitely think there's an influence there. But the way in which I operate, I can tell you honestly that sometimes I'm in control and sometimes someone else is in control. And Do you feel like you've always always been this way, like you were born this way, right? Yeah, I just started embracing it. Uh, at the, I started embracing it at the age of 23 mm-hmm. um, um, and 34 now. But um, yeah, uh, I, I, before that, I tried to keep up with the people, and I, I don't. I don't want to say I was unhappy because I was. Ne- I'm not an unha- I've never been unhappy. But or- you weren't on your path. You were like on. You were 100%. trying to fit in with everyone else and not who Toby was, which is this this higher vision. Correct. Accurate. Yeah. Um. That's very inspiring. Um. What What things do you use in your life to keep you? inspired you know you're going 80 90 hours a week you're going crazy you're you're you know building businesses what do you do to kind of stay centered or to stay motivated when because entrepreneurship also has its downsides there are times you know i know where i have felt you know frustrated irritated you know i'm going towards my vision or my goal and it's not really working out the way i wanted <laughs> hey that's 90% of the time it's like 99 <laughs> Yeah, no, hey, I'm right there with you. Um, I think maybe I was being a little generous, but yeah, that's accurate. You know, uh, for me, uh, it's all about, um, so I go to the gym every single morning, five mornings a week. Um, I try and take the weekends off and really try and disconnect because I have a young family um, and they're they're more important than the entrepreneurial Toby, right? And so I want to embrace my daughters and my wife as much as I possibly can. Uh, in terms of, what keeps me in the game, like I really, I love the game of basketball, like passionately, passionately uh, love basketball. And so I really run the company like a basketball team. 
um, where we have offensive structures and defensive structures and we're going to do deals with this, that, and the other. And, you know, very, uh, very basketball oriented going into a lot of meetings uh, from a strategy perspective. I, I love shooting hoops and, and, and watching the game. Do you have your, your game plays ready for the meetings? Absolutely. And, so, and, you know, and some of my guys are like, all right, so what's our game plan? I'm like, let's just go with what the defense gives us and know that we're going to execute one of these three things, you know? So, um, but health is a very important thing. I, I love, I love uh, this gym that I've joined. It's called Orange Theory Fitness. Um, just burning a ton of calories and feeling amazing. And then to keep myself grounded, I have, I have, I don't know how I did it, but I have the most beautiful wife in the world <laughs> that I will go home at night and go and tell her about my day and be so, uh, sometimes be emotional about it. And she will just be like, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. So the, the girls need bath breaks now. Uh, we need to get this one in, in the shower, <laughs> this one in the bath, this one you need to read to. She needs this dinner. Make sure you feed the dog. Like. So in terms of being grounded, it doesn't matter how successful one can be uh, during business hours. Um, you know, my wife really keeps me grounded and, and really humble uh, and in, in a very proud way. Uh, she's super proud of me, but um, she knows that there's, there's more to life than the entrepreneurial Toby. That's um, awesome. So it sounds so, like you have a holistic um, uh, approach to it where, you know, you're even though you're running around crazy with your business, you also know what's really important and that's, you know, actually the purpose of your business, which is taking care of pets, taking care of family. Absolutely. So my family above everything. Um, and then my, my work and community above everything, uh, and then my work and community just behind them. Uh, and then somewhere down the line is, is me. So, well, it sounds like it's not that you're putting yourself last. It's you're putting ego last. And that's really important because like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs put ego first. Yep. And, you know, I've heard of so many, great successful or potentially successful companies where there's a lot of um i guess selfishness and ego and and that really can destroy the team uh mentality you know we had we had a situation there here at zingy um early on uh where we had uh, a lot of e uh, we had a specific person in this company that the ego actually created a real rift in the company mm-hmm um, and we're all about one team, one goal here. Um, and so unfortunately for that individual, I had to, uh, remove them from the company. Um, but once we removed that, that scenario and that egotistic behavior, mm -hmm. um, the company accelerated. Um, and so it validated the fact that, Hey, I'm okay with you thinking the world of yourself because I think the world of you, but don't let it interfere with your, with your work. Yeah, and it's very important because, you know, a lot of people think that ego, um, that, you know, they they have a lot to um, contribute, which is great. But when you go to the point of thinking that you're better than others or that you're smarter or putting other people down, which is all ego, that comes from a place of insecurity. And that actually can be very self-destructive to a team mentality, to working towards, like you said, one goal. Yep. Um, because when you're working as a team for one goal, you have to give up part of yourself, actually. And it's not a bad way, like losing yourself. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to lose my identity. But you become, like I said, greater than yourself. You're part of, for example, the Zingy mission. Or Correct. if you're on a team, that basketball team's mission. It's not Correct. all about you. No. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're one part of the equation. 
you might be a large part of the equation, but you're one part of the equation that helps us become bigger and better. Yes, and it, and that's that's what is important to learn is that your part is very important, but it's one part. And a lot of people, I think, that struggle to be entrepreneurs have that lone wolf mentality. And yep. you know, that's you know, you can you can be one of the smartest people in the world, but to yep. do it by yourself, you're not going to succeed as you know, 20 or 30 people working together who may not be as smart as you, but have that sense of commitment to the mission. Yeah. And I'll tell you honestly, and hopefully some of your listeners um, can resonate with this. You know, my first company, I was the lone wolf, not from an egotistic perspective, but I had a lot of people around me, but they didn't really understand what I was going through because they were just people in the wheel that were playing a certain role okay. and they weren't whole uh, in terms of their approach. So as an example, we would have a, a administration person, right? And they would clock in at nine o'clock and clock out at five o'clock and just answer phones and tend to emails and basically direct traffic that came into the business. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd have sales reps in the field representing the products and the stuff and selling them into stores. But in terms of that's all they did, they just answered phones and emails or they just went and visited clients and sold them product. So they didn't they understand the whole mission of what you they were did, doing. Exactly. They didn't get the full 360 of the business. And I was the only person at that stage that was full 360 on it. I would go into the, into the, into the, um, into the market with my reps. Um, I would travel, you know, um, I would answer phones and listening. I, I would be the whole thing. And so my approach at Zingy, and, and it worked. It worked for a while. Like I did that for 10 years uh, in my previous company, which was a company called Pet Lou. Um, but I was very lonely and it wasn't fun and it wasn't enjoyable, you know. And I made a, I made a point when starting Zingy that it's going to be all about everyone's in it together. Everyone's doing and is aware of everything else in the business. And as a result, we've been able to move so much faster. We were able to conquer so many more goals uh, and as a result, uh, impact more people because we're all in it together, we're all driving towards the same thing. Everyone knows, even though I may be the CEO, I don't look at myself as someone that's up there as the boss of the company. I'm the leader of the company. But together, if you walked into our offices, you would never know who's who because we all work and operate the same way. I think what you said is very empowering and very important for people to understand because you said, I'm the, not the boss, I'm the leader. Correct. And there's that there's a very strong distinction there because a boss is someone who has um, and you can still be a boss and be a leader. Right. So a boss is someone who kind of has that. We have that image of someone who is entitled. They think they're above you. But a leader is, is a form of a boss. But a leader is empowering. And it Correct. sounds like you're empowering people in your company to take on the goal that they are zingy. They are the they are the company. It's not your company. It's everyone is a part of the company. Is that what Correct. I'm hearing? That's exactly what's going on here. That's awesome. Um, well, we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but I wanted to know um, what else is going on for you. You know, what's next for the company? Let's let's hear it. Yeah. So right now we're operating through uh, Southern California, L.A., Orange County, San Diego. Uh, we have, like I've said, the, the best in pet care. Um, we're going to take that DNA that we've created and roll it through uh, four new cities or four other cities uh, throughout, hopefully by the end of the year if we execute our goal. Uh, we're looking at Chicago, New York, San Francisco, and Seattle. Um, some of those may get dropped and others may be picked up, but we're looking at around four cities. Um, and really, I'm just, honestly, I, I, I say this uh, 
in 100% truth, I, I'm just honored to lead such a phenomenal team. I'm honored that um, the team has subscribed to who, who we are um, as a company and the vision and the mission that we're on. And really, the success of Zingy is not how awesome Toby is, but how awesome everyone is. And everyone's rolling up their sleeves and executing. Um, it's not it's not a 50-50 relationship. It's not like, okay, I'm the guy with the checkbook and you're the walker, so you walk and I'll pay. It's It really is 100-100. Everyone's giving everything they've got to every single interaction at all times. Um, and so I feel honored um, to have such an awesome team behind the Zingy brands. And hopefully, if any of your listeners are interested in, in engaging with us, um, hopefully that they experience exactly what I'm talking about. So for anyone in the SoCal area, I know I'm always pushing you guys, all the listeners, um, to look up ways for side hustling. It sounds like Zingy is a great way if you're looking for some extra income and you you know, can pass all the rigorous testing to become a Zingy dog walker. And for those of you who are pet owners out there who are looking for something really reliable, um, I'm actually going to go after um, our podcast and download the app. And guys, um, this is not a sponsored podcast. Zingy's not paying me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I uh, honestly, you know, found Toby on the internet and I thought that his product sounded awesome and that um, his company idea sounded great. So I'm going to go download it and see, you know, my, I'm going to look at the little map and see my dogs walking around the block and I'll let you guys know. <laughs> we look forward to servicing you. Um, Toby, how can people find you online as well? Is there a Zingy on Twitter or what's... what's yeah, so, um, you know, really, you don't want to follow me. You want to you follow Zingy. Um, th- there's a lot more color and entertainment there. Um, <laughs> at Zingy Pet, Z-I-N-G-Y-P-E-T, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And do you guys see yourselves going global? Absolutely. I'm an entrepreneur, of course. We're going to take over the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> Toby, thank you so much. You've been awesome. And all the best of luck to you with your company. And guys, go and check out um, Zingy Pet on Twitter. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can check us out at iTunes.com, Out of the Box Podcast. And we love positive comments. Leave a positive comment if you enjoyed the podcast and click on subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Also, um, if you've already done that, you can go on outoftheboxpodcast.com and click on the donate button. We're now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoins and all alternative currency. If you have any messages for me, you can send me an email at info at outoftheboxpodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at FunnyRosie. As always, we're on Stitcher and SoundCloud, and that's it. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Bye.